What kind of hope do you have now? I found out when I was learning English in Korea, the usage of I wish and I hope have different. When I speak by faith in Christ, I use hope. And to talk about worldly things, I use wish. The hope of faith is a sure hope. And as Hebrew chapter 11, chapter 10, I mean the chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is a fact of hope and proof of invisible things. So some wishes from this world can be made true and experienced while living in this land and while our ultimate hope of heaven can be tasted on earth. It says actual heaven is only possible when we take off the veil of this body so in Hebrew chapter 10, we have been washed with the blood of Christ and have been cleansed through baptism so that we may believe in God's faithful promise and hold on to the hope of him, as the book of Hebrews says, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. We can see a couple Bible verses about that. Romans chapter 5 says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And Romans 15 says, God of hope, you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Colossians chapter 1 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And 1 Timothy says, Christ Jesus, our hope. The one common ground is God, he is hope. Jesus Christ is our hope. And the Holy Spirit worked with that to give you the sure faith in it. Let us see how six years old my daughter Claire loved her dog. She has kept asking me of the possibility of dogs in heaven. When she asked me for the first time, I did not take it as serious as she were. So I just answered that the heaven is for the people who has forgiven and believing soul with them. And Claire's face was downcast immediately. So I added one more sentence. Claire, who and what is in heaven is totally up to the Father's business. So it may, could be. But I felt sorry for my little daughter because I cannot say with full assurance that, yes, your dog will be in the heaven. And a couple days ago, she said, Dad, is a heart... Same as Saul? While I'm hesitate to answer, she says, I can hear Minty's heartbeat. And then while she was listening to the heartbeat of Minty, Claire and Minty were both fell asleep on my lap. And then I pray, Lord, my good Lord, you know what she means. So make her little daughter's dream come true in your will. Did Claire wish it for her own good, or she hoped in faith for sharing good place with others? So another question. Do we have anyone who we want to be in heaven with? It could be your parents still. It could be one of your children. It could be your neighbor. It could be your coworkers. 
This is even so serious for six years old. Heaven is not an ideal place for giving human beings some comfort. Heaven is real and prepared by Jesus Christ, and we only go there by faith in Jesus Christ. Our reason Jesus Christ gave us true hope in heaven and made our faith ensure. In the Luke chapter 24, verse 13 through 35, we will see the two disciples on the road. It was a day of great puzzlement, sadness. They left the holy city having heard the report of the woman and Peter and John, but their understanding of God's plan of salvation was not enough. They were not expecting a resurrection. And St. John put his finger on the disciples' problem, says, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. John chapter 20, verse 9. Their sight and our sight, logic, emotions, and expectations had led them to abandon what Scripture said. But our gracious Lord comes and identifies the problems. They are not believing all that the prophet have spoken. Our Lord addresses the problem by explaining all the scriptures and show the Christ had to die and rise. And today, the Lord gives us wonderful opportunity and chance. As they, those two brothers learned on the day, and they marveled at how the Lord opened their heart and made them understand the scripture. It is our chance. Are you ready? So we're going to read verse by verse all together. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Same day, the first day of Easter, two men going to Emmaus, seven miles apart from Jerusalem, and their main topic of conversation was Jesus Christ. They talked about Jesus' life and Jesus' crucifixion, and they talked about Jesus' empty tomb. It's not yet about resurrection because they don't catch that. And they talked and discussed. It is positive curiosity, eager to know, eager to learn. And then Jesus came up and walked along. They did not ask Jesus, please come. But Jesus did by his own will because he knows what you need. He knows when we need him. And Jesus kept their eyes closed from recognizing then he asks them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. They stood still, and their faces downcast. When our lives are so busy and faces are looking up, it is too hard to hear the word of God and focus 
on the Lord. However, Jesus Christ asked them, what are you talking about? To answer, they needed to pause. They were so emotional. So their faces downcast. We can see those two men were not just spectators of Jesus' crucifixion. They were the disciples who believed and followed Jesus as their Messiah. We can find more evidence from the following verses. However, they only chose to believe those parts of Scripture that met their preconceived notions of what the Messiah should be. It's kind of selective acceptance. Jesus' question made them stood still. It reminds me, Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. To know him in depth, we need to be still. We need to be slowed down and hear the word of God. Let's read all together. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Are you kidding me? We can see how big of an event Jesus' crucifixion and his empty tomb. However, it was still the big issues, only those local areas. And now, 2,000 years later, do you think people in the world know Jesus enough to believe or to reject? No, people still need you. You are the one who share what happened on the day. And read it together. What things he asked about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. Jesus asked them again. And Jesus let them explain and confess with their mouth. Even Jesus, he's omniscient. He knows everything. Whether you're saying or not, he could read your heart. But still Jesus want to hear from your mouth confession. And according to their confession, they confess Jesus of Nazareth, and Jesus, a prophet who proclaimed the word of God, and Jesus, who was a powerful preacher and doer before God and the people. But I cannot see any confession, something related with Jesus redeemed me. In verse 20, the chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. Who crucified Jesus? They did. The chief priests and rulers with the people's strong request. Not me. But remember, the followers of Jesus on the day, they let it happen with their, with their quietness. And verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. Oh, they had hope. And they thought Jesus was the one who was going to redeem them politically and physically. But failed. Jesus was crucified. 
looks like it's ended up of his ministry. And it was already three days ago. Nothing happens in between. And it is really a hopeless situation for them. Since their hope was in the earthly things, we better call that as wishes instead of hope of salvation and eternal life in heaven. Verse 22. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it as just as woman had said, but they did not see Jesus. In addition, Jesus' empty tomb story is not hopeful, not joyful news for them. Jesus' empty tomb story added stresses on their hopelessly despairing heart. Now we know why they had downcast faces. Jesus gave us a perfect example of how can we get rid of downcast, downcast faces of doubting and worrying. The answer? To hear the word of God. Verse 25. He said to them, How foolish you are! And how slow to believe all that the prophet have spoken. Did not the Messiah had to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Jesus rebukes their foolishness and slow understand and lack of faith. And kindly reminds them the Messiah's suffering is needed and planned to enter the glory. Verse 27 and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus preaches to them with Moses and all prophets foretelling of the Messiah. He helped them remember. He helped them understand what happened the last couple days was not a miserable disaster. It was the accomplishment of ancient promises, and by it we can recover our ruined ancient hope to the fulfilled promise of God. Verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. They did not know yet who they were talking with. And Jesus continued on his way, but they strongly urged him, stay with us. Jesus accepted their kind offer, and they did not know that their willingness to have Jesus with them brought an amazing gift to them. Did you know that? What is the Lord's plan? Make you come to church today? Do you have any certain expectation through the worship services? Or you just showed up because it is Sunday? We did not know what is his plan, how big his love for you. In verse 30, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and began to give it to them. 
Jesus performed the Lord's Supper in front of them. And it is still yes. Each time when we join in communion, the Holy Spirit works among us and strengthens our faith and give us forgiveness and reassure our true hope. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Who opened their eyes? And who will open our eyes today? Jesus did and Jesus does with the gospel in the word and sacraments by the Holy Spirit. In verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us? while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Burning heart. It is still a yes for us. It's not happens only for 2,000 years ago. It must happen right now. Do we not have to put much meaning on burning heart since we are confessional Lutheran? Because we are not the Baptist and Methodist brothers and sisters. I want to share the simple formula for us for the burning heart. I have some testimony to share that, but the time's too short. So if you want to hear that, please come to May's prayer praise night. Number one, bring your downcast faces to the Lord. You don't have to wrap up. You don't have to cleanse away before bring to the temple. Just bring those things as it is. And be still and hear the word of God with the attitude of a thirsty deer looking for the water. Your eagerness to hear the word of God. And then your compassionate heart. And your penitent heart. And ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and hearts for the Lord. Without his help, we cannot understand. And you will feel the grace and love of God for you when you hear the word of God. You will realize that Jesus Christ speaks to you through the message what you hear. He knows your name and he knows all your situations. And verse 33, they got up. And returned at once to Jerusalem. They, were, they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. After they, two brothers tasted Jesus' love and reinstated their hope for salvation, they got up. They took action and returned to their normal lives like Jerusalem and shared what they believed and experienced to others. Just as Moses, he met the Lord on the mountain and went back to his normal life and proclaimed the truth. Just as Peter, James, and John, on the day of the transfiguration, they saw the amazing moment, glorious moment, but they must return to their life and share what they experienced. Do you know the 11 and other people, their reaction on the two men's witnessing? The answer we could find in the Mark chapter 16. I'll read it for you. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two men, 
while they were walking in the country. These two men returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. Jesus rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. When we share the gospel with others, rejection from the people is always predicted. Do not expect they will give you a big hug and buy Starbucks coffee for the good news. However, we keep going forward for the one soul. As you, many of you already know, last Monday I attended the Bay Area's Pastors Golf Tournament. I was in second place. I got an email from the man who prepared this tournament. I want to share with you. He says, Paul, one cool God thinks I wanted to share that serves as a great reminder that God is always working in unexpected ways. It turns out that one of the marshal, his name is Ron, on the course on Monday has a brother that is a pastor. Ron is estranged from his brother. He doesn't even know the name of the church, has never been there. My ensuing conversation with Ron opened the door that ended with my, me praying for this man on a variety of subjects. Our time of prayer ended with him in tears. And the heart far more open to seeking God in his life. And the award reception, I was informed that a pastor in our group had his own significant spiritual conversation with Ron. It was a great reminder for me. It went playing a round of golf to keep my eyes and ears open for opportunities to tell others about him. And I answered to him. The tournament was successful not because of the attendance, but because of Ron who heard the gospel and the Holy Spirit opened his wounded heart. In the end of the same chapter of the Luke, chapter 24, Jesus again showed the disciples and opened their hearts so they could understand the scriptures. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send to you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high, the day of the Pentecost. Brothers and sisters, what can we do for the sinful, selfish, skeptical, and unbelieving world? I know that you are not well-trained evangelists or pastors to proclaim the gospel. Here is another secret for the word of God. The Bible is not a book that we can understand only by our, by our brains. The Bible is the only book in which we need the help of the Holy Spirit to understand and believe it. Therefore, we are not boasting on our knowledge of the Bible, but we may boast on our faith since it is an amazing gift from heaven above. Brothers and sisters, 
Do not aim too high. Let us start with one soul around of you. You may think we have too many souls outside. You're not alone. Look around of you. Focus on one soul and the one soul who hear the gospel and believe Jesus as own Savior. He or she may share with the other one soul and goes on and on and on until our resurrected Jesus Christ returns. This is our true hope. Hope restored. The certain hope of eternal life with God is founded on the sacrificial death and victorious resurrection of Christ. God restored this ancient hope by raising Jesus from the dead and pointing his people back to his promises. Amen.